coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. What's this? We have an update about Pocket Rumble. Uh, Pocket uh, Rumble. Patrick, right. Patrick. What? What? The update is we still don't have a release date. What? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Mega Man Legacy Collections when, and when they're actually coming to Switch. Uh, and then on Thursday, we're going to come back and talk about Bayonetta 2. So come back for that. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you? I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that, about being good. You know, I, I wish that I had like an interesting and fun anecdote that I could share. I've been watching Project Runway season nine mm-hmm. on, available on Hulu. So like you're going back into the archives. Yeah, I mean, those are the only good ones. And I've seen mm-hmm. like I, I don't I don't really care for the newer ones where they're like making clothes for Red Robin and stuff. They make clothes for like for the Red Robin mascot. <laughs> no, that would actually be kind of amazing. It if needs they had to a be, new like, a jersey. mascot challenge. Yeah. <laughs> No, they're like making flair for oh, Red Robin okay. employees, right. and it's just a little, a little less than the high fashion illusion that e- the yeah. show tries to cast. Project Runway is just too corporate now. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, Mark. Mm-hmm. Weather report: It's cool. It's cold. We got a little bit of a, a cold front. Yes. Yeah. Sure. We're meteorologists. Absolutely. We talk about the weather once a week <laughs> and put it out into the world. We must think pretty highly of uh, our views on the weather. Mm-hmm. Our guest weather today is from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, it looks like uh, actually not bad. Yeah, warmer there. Yeah, than warmer than here. Sixty-eight degrees at the at the t- as of the time of this it's recording. Like we're in a Black Mirror episode. It is like we're in a Black Mirror episode, and not one that I like. <laughs> like a weird one where the weather's different. Uh, so big ups to our listeners. The biggest of ups. The, I mean, just absolutely. Just enormous. Like these ups, you'd look at them and you'd be like, that's too big. Yep. Can't mail those in a flat rate shipping envelope. No, you could try, but they would charge you extra. Um, speaking of, you can try to ship it, but it would charge you extra. Only it will cost you nothing. Uh, you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. All you have to do is shoot me an email with your address, and then I send you my copy of the game on Switch to play for as long as you want. The email is free, so no matter how large your email address is or your physical mailing address Mm -hmm. is, it'll fit. It'll be free in an email. I suppose you do need internet access or... A library card. Or a library card, right? So a library card is also free, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so you... This costs you nothing. It's it's possible. And it costs... You might have to put in a little legwork. Maybe, maybe you'll have to like walk down to the mailbox. Uh-huh. That could that could be a little bit of something. Uh, anyway, email that to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and you can get your hands on Sonic Forces sooner rather than later. And when I say that, I actually do mean later. There's a little bit of a list right now, but it will get to you. Uh, that's a promise. <clears throat> Another thing that we're doing: we are ranking the dungeons in the Legend of Zelda. The Ocarina of Time. That's right. In an episode coming next week. Yeah. Uh, Thursday next week, we're going to be ranking all these dungeons. Mark and I realized the deadline was coming up, and we we're like, oh, no, we got to get, <laughs> get playing this game again. And look, we love ranking things. Oh, yeah. And, but what we also love is getting feedback from our listeners. Mm-hmm. 
So what we would love the most mm-hmm. is a little preemptive feedback. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you think we're going to screw up about the dungeon rankings. You know we're going to put Lord Jebo Jebo's belly too high <laughs> on this list, right? It's bound to happen. Yeah, maybe you really love the water temple and you're tired of hearing everybody complain about it all the time. Yeah, we, uh, just this weekend, were complaining about the temple that you have to play half as young Link and half as adult Link, and you need, like, that, uh, like, spyglass thing mm-hmm. to, like, see the passageways. Yep, not a fan. Maybe you love that one. Come and rep your favorites. <laughs> Email us, Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And, you know, just uh, give us a little bit of education. Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So obviously we both have been playing Bayonetta 2, uh, picked it up for a nice long weekend of uh, gaming and beating up angels and demons, but we will talk more about that uh, on Thursday's Thursday. Thursday, our yes. lips are sealed Ooh. until then. Lips are sealed. Uh, uh, yeah, go, go ahead, Mark. So what, I jumped back into Splatoon 2 did because you there was a Splatfest. Splat yeah. uh-huh. um, I was team money. That's right, uh, you were. Team, team love right, ended were. up winning. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. Um, was, uh, I, I saw a lot of people saying that there were, mo- that love was the more popular option, that there were a lot of, maybe you don't see, <coughs> see it if you're on the less popular team, but that love was being paired up like against other love teams a lot. Oh, I actually saw like money being paired up with money. Oh, interesting. A couple of times. Uh, this was in general though, probably the smoothest Splatfest that I participated in. Uh, man, that game is so much fun. I don't yeah. always jump in, but whenever I do, it's easy to get uh, sucked in for a long period of time, especially because there's, like, I played a little bit of Clam Blitz before the mm-hmm. uh, Splatfest started, and there were, like, a bunch of new levels and weapons that I could check out. I, it, uh, man, it's just such a such a good game. I'm man. glad to see it continuing to thrive. Um, I haven't been back to it, really, since, uh, you know, the, the initial, like, onslaught, and we were really excited about it. But that is a game that I definitely should. And, you know, I feel like we're, we're coming into a little bit of a, um, like, dry spell in terms of, like, big releases on Switch. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of, uh, you know, cool indie games and Labo and stuff coming out. But it seems like the high-profile Nintendo things uh, aren't really coming to us at the same rate that they were last year. Um, so maybe it's uh, time for me to get back into Splatoon 2 as well. Um, it's one of those communities that like you can step away from and come back and not really feel like you've been gone. Totally. For, um, like when I put down Overwatch for a little bit and then came back like two months later. Yeah, the community will pass you by. Yeah, and then destroy you when you try <laughs> to return to it. Uh, I've also been playing some more Celeste. I haven't finished it yet, just because I've been playing some other things. Still really high on it. I think the more I've been playing, I guess my one slight criticism of the game is that sometimes individual stages, uh, or I guess levels, I don't know how you want to break it up, uh, kind of outstay their welcome. Sure. And with, like, uh, some of that is, you know, like, with a challenging puzzler like this, it's designed well in that you can always save your progress and like back out and leave and go yeah. do something else and come back. It's not like you like lose anything. Uh, so in that way, I guess nothing can really outstay its welcome. But if you're just trying to like, right, because you could always put it down and yeah. come back to it. Yeah, but I, I, I am very sympathetic to the idea that like, okay, I've done this. I don't want to have to do it again just to like get to the next part. Well, 
you don't have to. Like, you can literally save anywhere. For me, it's more just, like, I get in the mindset of, I'm just going to finish this level and then go to bed. And the level just keeps, like, dragging on forever in ways that, like, when I finally finished it, I did feel accomplished, but I felt very frustrated up to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, like, you're kind of leaving on a little bit of a sour note. Yeah. So I don't know if it's really a criticism of the game as much as it is a self-reflection on the way that I approach the game. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, the, actually, the thing that is, because, uh, you know, as we are playing Bayonetta right now, that, that game is divided up into chapters, like mm-hmm. very obvious chapters where it kicks you back out to like the menu and you have to like select that you're going into the next chapter. Um, and I find that those are the hardest points for me to break when playing a game is actually during the points that are like designed. Me- yeah. <laughs> like at the end of a level or at the end of a chapter, I'm like, I just want to roll into the next one. Um, whereas like a fight or two into it or, you know, a couple like screens into it is where I'm like, okay, I can put this down now. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Especially when you hit some, uh, like a point in the game or a game, since we're not tipping our hat on how we feel about Bayonetta. Uh, (laughs) you're doing it, Mark. You reach a point in a game when you're like, oh yeah, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah, sure. Like this particular aspect of it is not well enough designed to make me want to keep going. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, we're talking about any game. We're here. talking about any game and not specifically Bayonetta, although obviously that's implied that maybe that is in fact what we're talking about. But you won't know for sure until Thursday. Um I'm also doing a little bit of um Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. uh playing on, on my um new three DS. Uh which I love. Man, that's a, a great game and what a good solid way to play that game. Um I'm just uh running around with my existing save, uh, like the the one that I had that had you know beaten everything like a year and a half or two years ago, um, and just like revisiting the dungeons and the spaces around them, um, so I, I'm not even really like playing it to play it, just to like spend some time in Hyrule, and uh, like I know it's a more sparsely populated version of Hyrule than we've seen in any like 3D Zelda game since, but it's still just I don't know, it feels like home in a way, you know. I like that game a lot. All right, Mark, let's, uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's talk about the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Kind of a lighter week for new releases. Uh, Volume-wise, there's a lot coming out, but nothing that really particularly piques my interest. Okay. Um, so on February 20th, you have on the Switch eShop Old Man's Journey and Puzzle Puppers, which, based on the logo, looks adorable. Right, There's puppies but, involved. But you're not going to play it. No. And then something called Pool, which I am assuming is the game of pool. Bill- billiards! Right. Yes. Uh, it looks like there's also a Jurassic World pinball machine popping up on there. Timely. <laughs> uh, February 21st, Layers of Fear Legacy comes out on the Switch eShop. February 22nd on the 3DS eShop, SteamWorld Dig 2 is being released. Oh, on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, and on the Switch eShop, Pac-Man Championship Edition 2 Plus. It's a enhanced release of Pac-Man Championship Edition 2. I think it includes a co-op mode that's Switch exclusive at the moment. Uh, so Champion, uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition 2 was not as hot as championship just vanilla championship edition right like people were super excited when that came out um but the 
sequel, I guess, leaves a little to be desired. Uh, I'm not a big Pac-Man guy myself, um, but just sort of anecdotally reading um, people's responses about it on uh, Twitter, it seems like no one's, you know, no one's really aching for this one to come to other platforms. Also coming out is Space Cats with Lasers, Radiation Island, Super Ola and the Lost Burgers, Dragon Sinker, Typo Man, Ace of Seafood, and the Neo Geo game is Magical Drop 3. I don't know anything about Magical Drop 3. I, I like to sometimes know something about these Neo Geo games. This is one I do not know anything it's about. What, I think it's one of the rare Neo Geo platformers. Oh. Mm-hmm. I hmm. think. And then on February 23rd is uh, Tokitori 2 Plus. Coming to the N- Nintendo Switch, uh, the Final Station, and Twin Robots Ultimate Edition. Uh, so what's going on here, Mark? Why why is there nothing in here that we're like, oh, cool? Like there nothing. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna think twice about picking up anything on on this list. Uh, I mean it's February. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we just had Bayonetta come out. Mm, that's I, a, that's a good point. Last week there were a, a handful. Faye came out last week. I was interested in that. And there was maybe one. Did you more. end up? Did you end up picking Faye up? No, because it came out the day before Bayonetta, and right. we were both like committed to uh, playing Bayonetta. Also, the reviews have not been super hot. No, and it's evidently very short. Mm. Like that, you can plow through it in like two to three hours. Um, oh, that's really short. Yeah, yeah. You weren't expecting that, were you? You thought I was going to say like seven, <laughs> but uh, no, that's not the case. Although uh, at this point in my life, maybe a nice like relaxing two to three hour plat like three platformer that might be right in my alley but for like 30 bucks however much it i is? think it's only 20 oh but okay neither of us know <laughs> neither of us know so maybe we should stop talking about it <laughs> fair fair point all right mark let's get out of the new releases And now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, we're talking about cookies. 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 Um, and I guess the, the reason we're doing this is that, uh, it's a little bit chilly in, uh, LA. And so we are baking cookies in my house to (laughs) warm it up. There's no like central heat in this apartment. I I live in Los Angeles, right? It's not a thing that you would normally need. So the oven is on and cookies are in it. Um, how do you feel about cookies? Uh, I, I, I'm pro cookie. Pro cookie. Mm -hmm. I would rather have cookie over cake or pie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially if the option is like fresh baked, any of those things Mm -hmm. like I don't need a cake. I don't need a cupcake. Mm. I don't need I don't need pie. What do you got fruit in there? Yeah, please, please get it. Get it. Get it gone out of here. What what is your ideal cookie? Uh, I mean, I I like the simplicity of a good chocolate chip. Yeah, I love snickerdoodles. Mm. And I am an oatmeal raisin guy. You are an oatmeal raisin guy. Yep. Oatmeal, uh, like cookies in general, I like. But oatmeal, uh, I'm trying to think, chocolate chip, disgusting. 
So I will generally agree with you, partially because it either tricks you into thinking it's going to be oatmeal raisin, and then you're like, this is chocolate, Mm -hmm. or or it tries to trick you into thinking it's a regular chocolate chip cookie, and that is so disappointing. Secret oatmeal. Oh, secret oatmeal. No, thank you. There is, uh, at the uh, Potbelly Sandwiches series of restaurants, they have an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie that I like, and I don't know what it is about the ratio of... Uh, trying to trick you one way or the other, but it's right. It's the right kind. I think it's just the combination of like oats and sweet chocolate. Yeah, you don't want like the grit and the cream together. Mm-hmm. That's no good. That's no good. Um, how do you feel about an Oreo? Oh, if we're talking like manufactured in a factory, cookies, Oreos are top of the list. Get Chips Ahoy out of my sight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any uh, Oreo beats any other like mass market cookie of any kind. Mm-hmm. Also, I said mass market. Does that mean something mass <laughs> mass produced? This is probably what sure. I meant. <laughs> um, yeah. I in in that context, I don't need a chocolate chip cookie. I don't need like a Milano. Mm, no, no. Give me an Oreo. I've heard positive things about Hydrox. You have heard positive things. I know I've had Hydrox. Because I think they're made with, like, real sugar or something like that. I don't. <laughs> is, it, is it true that Oreos are vegan, that there's no, um, like, actual cream? I would or... believe that. I mean, Whip, like, Cool Whip has no actual yeah, cr- uh, dairy in it. Or eggs. Or right. Anything like it's that. just oil. Hey, tis the season. What about Girl Scout cookies? I actually am not that high on Girl Scout cookies. We used to get... Girl Scout cookies a lot. I'm the only member of my immediate family who's not in the Girl Scouts, mm-hmm. and that's including my brother and my father. <laughs> um, and we used to, you know, we used to get a, a bunch of them every year. Um, and there were days in like junior high school and high school where I would come home from school and eat a whole sleeve of Thin Mints <laughs> by myself, pull them out of the freezer because we kept them in the freezer. So I've got a, I've got a very soft spot for Thin Mints. I think that's borderline perfect cookie. Oreo still beats it, but, you know, Thin Mint. Do you know what I think is gross in most contexts? But mm. occasionally, you're just in the mood for it, and what are you going to do? Nothing else will hit the spot. It's those store-bought sugar cookies with that, like, store frosting on it yes. that cannot be manufactured at home. Like, it has <laughs> to be made in a factory somewhere. Or, like, in the back of a of a grocery store somewhere. <laughs> yes. And it has... Uh, the sugar cookie has, like, a consistency to it that doesn't feel natural. It's, yes. like, too perfect. It's also, like, the difference in texture between the frosting and the cookie is negligible, right? Yes. <laughs> like, if you were to just, like, push your mush. finger... Yeah, your finger would just pass right through it. And it would be so... It would be a joyful experience. But I remember uh, this past holiday season, I came over to record one time. Yes. And your girlfriend, Sarah, had bought them, had brought them from the store, and it was like tasting heaven. And they shouldn't be that good because they don't, all they do, they just taste like sugar. Like they just taste like sugar. And sometimes they've got, you know, like a Christmas tree painted on them or like a shamrock, uh, something seasonally appropriate. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what's on them, though. No. And if they put, like, uh, sprinkles or, like, chocolate chips or something, I wouldn't want it. I just want it to be a, like, sugar explosion. Now, when I was listing some of my favorite cookies, I said Snickerdoodle, and you made, like, a little bit of a face. I made a little bit of a face. Uh, That's, so, it's a cinnamony kind of cookie, right? Yeah. Yeah, like a cinnamon sugary. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I, 
I don't know that I've ever had a snickerdoodle that I've been like, wow, I need to eat more of these, which is how I feel about most cookies. Is the, the combination of cinnamon and sugar in general not much to you in mm, life? I, I'm fine with it. Sarah is va- like vigorously opposed to the combination of cinnamon and sugar. Uh, it, like a cinnamon roll is like a no-go. Any cinnamon pastry, she's like, can't have it. My husband doesn't like cinnamon either. Oh, so then, yeah, it, it's, it feels like it's something that's just like, well, I guess we'll, we'll never know. We'll, we'll never know. We were accompanied today by an ensemble at the Musical Instrument Museum. Uh, I, d- I don't know if the ensemble itself had a name, but uh, that's where they were. All right, Mark, let's m- move into the news. Of interest to all the mega heads out there. That's me. Capcom finally announced Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2 is coming to Switch on May 22nd. Yay! Do you own both of them on the 3DS? No, I have the first one on the 3DS and never picked up the second one because it didn't come to 3DS. Oh, that's right. I remember a previous news item <laughs> discussing <laughs> that. Uh, okay, so the game is going to retail for $39.99 in stores, and that comes with a Mega Man 30th Anniversary cleaning cloth. So when you say the game will retail for $39.99, that is both versions yes. of the game. Great point. One and two. And like Resident Evil Revelations, only Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 is going to be included on a game cart. The second one is a download code only. Which the opposite was true for Bayonetta. Yes. You buy Bayonetta 2 physically, you get the download code for one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the exact same thing was true for Resident Evil Revelations, that Revelations 1 was a physical, was physically on the cart, and 2 was a download code. Yes. I want to make sure that we're clear on all Crystal. of this. Crystal. Right. Uh, so on the eShop, the collection one it will cost fourteen ninety nine and two will cost nineteen ninety nine. So you save bucks, five bucks to be exact. By you go- save bucks <laughs> by going digital, but you don't get the exclusive Mega Man thirtieth anniversary cleaning cloth. What you are cleaning with that cloth, I could not tell you. You're the screen of your Switch, probably. Oh, of course. Oh, it must be microfiber. Well, yeah. I would hope. You don't think it's like a washcloth? I would you- certainly hope I not. I guess it's not specific cleaning cloth. Yeah, that could be anything. It could be toilet paper. It could have been more specific in uh, whatever news article I was reading this, and I. Yeah, well, we're not. We're also not properly sourcing this, so uh, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I would, uh, I would like Mega Man toilet paper. If I had a roll of Mega Man toilet paper, it would That'd make be me pretty happy. cool. Yeah, they don't print things on toilet paper. No, not as nearly as much as they should. I, I mean, I think they they know where it's going. Yeah, that's true. They I don't... mean, you can get novelty toilet paper. Can you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> No, you really can. It has, like, it's, I don't know, like, the 50 states on it or something like that. Hmm. I don't think there's any political message implied. It's just, like, here's a fun thing that we can put prints on. You're just wiping your butt with Tennessee? Exactly. Uh, last December, Capcom announced the Mega Man X games would be getting re-released, and listings from the ratings board in Australia indicates that it'll also be releasing in two collections, Mega Man X Legacy Collection and Mega Man X Legacy Collection 2. It was previously unclear what form Capcom would be releasing these games in, and I guess it kind of still is unclear since there's not any official confirmation one way or the other. Right, and also even if this is true, there's no way to know what the collections contain. Yeah, I mean, so the the first three were on Super Nintendo, so maybe that's like the the dividing line where they're like, here are the 16-bit Mega Man X games, and here are the end up. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I'm I I'm less excited about the X collection. Is that just because you haven't you're not as familiar with them? Yeah, the only Mega Man X game that I really played was the first one, and that's on my um Super NES Classic Edition. If if I ever turned it on, do you think you will end up buying all of these anyways? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Am I that predictable? Yes, is the answer. Look, if they the original legacy collection came with a gold Mega Man amiibo, um, if they could make an a Mega Man X amiibo to go with the uh, legacy collection, there, I would. Buy That'd it. be pretty slick. I'd, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Uh, THQ Nordic is bringing De Blob to Switch, holiday 2018. Originally a Wii exclusive, De Blob is a platformer where you like you you play as a blob of color hmm. or blobs of color that uh, exists in a gray world where color has been outlawed, hmm. and uh, you roll around the environment, splashing on everything, and you get like points the more you splash and stuff like that. So uh, it's like Splatoon. Uh, no, not in almost any way. <laughs> I played this on Wii when it came out like 10 years ago, and I remember liking it, but I don't really remember a ton about the specifics. Uh, but depending on the price and when it comes out, mm-hmm. I think they're saying holiday 2018. But if this was something that comes out like when there's a bit of a drought, I think I'd be more likely to pick it up if it's a reasonable price versus I think if it that, comes out like... Yeah you know, in, like, the second week of November. I think that price point's going to be a real sticking... Do you, you think it'll be, like, full price? I mean, even if it's, like, 40... Even 30 bucks, right? You're probably going to be like, eh... Again, it kind of depends on when it came... When it, like, if it was coming out now, I think I would be more likely to pick it up for 30 or 40 bucks. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I'm I, sorry. I, I was just thinking about like THQ Nordic and uh, them like trying to um, put all these THQ games like back out into the world. Um, and I guess like good on them for doing it. Uh, it's I don't know where like the excitement for those games is coming from. Um, but I guess uh, a a like curious, yeah, maybe in a drought uh, kind of excitement from you is not nothing. Yeah, I mean, I really think. I mean, what do I know? But I feel like a lot of the success of this will be when it comes out. Sure. Uh, also, seems like DeBlob 2 might be coming at some point. It's listed on THQ Nordic's website as releasing for Switch later this year. Uh, the Raven HD is also listed and coming with the other console versions on March 13th. So this whole thing might just be a huge typo. Um, the only one that's been announced hmm. is DeBlob. I see. And so DeBlob 2, we think that may just be someone accidentally typing two. Typed a two. Yeah. Uh, it's right above right above a W. I'm looking at my keyboard. <laughs> trying to figure out or maybe they were trying to like start someone's Twitter handle. Yeah, or maybe they were just yes. That's the most likely. There there we go. Yeah. Uh released yesterday, Monday. Update 1.1.1 of Doom on Switch now has some optional tilt-assisted aiming. Uh, would it surprise you to learn that this makes me interested in Doom on Switch? Because I know you so well, this does not surprise me. Well, I'm just going to state it loud and proud for everyone. I like tilt-assisted aiming on Nintendo consoles. I think a lot of people do. It's not something that I've ever gotten into it's just like I I would never want it to be the only way that I'm controlling where I'm shooting, but for that like fine like little like fine tuning 
a little extra precision to actually move the thing in my hand um, feels really good and like you know is second nature after 180 hours of Breath of the Wild and then however long I put into Splatoon. Um, it just it, like it feels like that's how I interact with Nintendo games. When you were playing Resident Evil Revelations 2, did you use it at all? That's a great question. I don't remember. I, I don't remember if it supports it. I don't remember if I was doing it. I think it's nice that they're releasing a patch like this that includes new features for Doom after it's been out for a few months. Um, I hope that indicates that it sold fairly well. I played it way back when it came out in November mm-hmm. and really enjoyed it. I we thought, recorded an episode about that's it. That's right. I thought it was super fun on Switch. I It performed well enough that like uh, any graphical sacrifices were worth it for my money. Yeah. Um, I, so this is great for people who are picking it up now. It's you know, not enough for me to want to go back and right, like, of course, re-experience of it. Um, there's also something cool. I mean, the, it's it's a little bit weird because, like, um, I don't necessarily love the, like, motion tilt aiming for, like, the handheld because mm-hmm. you're moving the screen around with it. Um, but you know what? I, I, I guess I, I did that and did it just uh, last night as I was playing um, Ocarina of Time on 3DS. That also has, like, tilt-assisted aiming. For like bow and arrow and stuff. Well, do you know what I am just curious about? Curious about in general hmm. is that when I am playing the Switch undocked, I'm always playing it in handheld mode. I very, very, very rarely have played it in uh, what do they call tabletop that? mode? Tabletop yeah. mode. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many people are doing it in tabletop mode because like something like that where you would still be holding the controller to do gyro aiming. Yeah, you know that's not the whole handheld. I don't even consider tabletop mode. Most yeah, of the time. I I don't really either. I mean, it's it's necessary if you're gonna do any like portable multiplayer. Um, but like you know, for for as much fun as that is, when you break it out, it's not the primary way I think anyone interacts with the Switch. Um, so like, you know, and that kickstand is also like it it doesn't allow for uh any adjustment. You're just kind of like, well, here's it can either be this or flat down on on the table. Um, so like. Yeah, I, I I would also uh, think that that's not a super common use case for people. But I'm curious to hear from yeah. people, and if you are using the Switch's kickstand, it's for tabletop mode, um, because I I just wonder how many people are doing that. If yeah, it's just something. If I'm the weirdo. Yeah, well, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna tell us that Mark's the weirdo, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail dot com and tell us how you're using this thing in tabletop mode. I know when I think ahead and bring, I've got like a little stand that uh, you know is like adjustable, and so I can uh, change the angle that it's at or like the height, and that is a uh, much better way than just using the the kickstand. But also like a a, I have to be thinking ahead that like I'm going to play multiplayer Switch on the go, um, and then actually have it with me. So it's it's not a very frequent use case. Nintendo released some new trailers for the Nintendo Labo kits that are coming April twentieth, and we saw a couple of previously unknown features. Uh, probably the coolest to me is that in the motorbike game, player, players can use the IR camera at the bottom of the right Joy-Con to scan an object and the game adds the shape of that object to the terrain. Yeah. Like a topographical map. Like it Right, like your face becomes a mountain. Yes. Or like a Yeah, hill, you can like motorbike range. over. Um the IR camera on that Joy-Con has way more functionality than I 
think i mean like we knew that it could like determine rock paper scissors <laughs> or something right yeah um like that's from the original uh one two switch, switch like, release trailer thing i don't even know if it if one two switch used that functionality oh um the only thing i remember doing with the ir camera is the eating contest where you just like moved your jaws in front of it <laughs> dum, 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 dum. um but it's yeah i the more we see of labo the more it feels like it is a like just bottomless well of like interesting invention and stuff have have we talked at all about the garage mode on this show at no all? i don't think so um so like the the garage mode that uh evidently comes with any of the labo packs um allows you to like start to string together like if this then like if this input then this output um in like very simple programming terms so that people can find different ways to like mod the existing kits or basically uh you know manipulate the labo to be a totally custom made like toy i don't know it seems like the the possibilities for this thing are uh just they're they're limitless uh, there are obviously limits but i it, it seems like there's gonna be a lot more to this than just like oh you can make a motorcycle and drive around you can make a fishing pole and fish um and i i think that's really cool and i also think it's kind of necessary absolutely to ha- for it to have any sort of like lasting um impact only because like i think we've all played like the fishing pole game at least initially just looked like a card like a fancy carnival game yeah sure. and the shelf life of that sort of thing is pretty short but then again even in this trailer they showed like you can scan a a drawing in or like something like that and it makes a fish in that like fish aquarium which like, is it's much cool, deeper yeah. than um it initially appeared and look i'm normally not a fan of fishing in video games at all you know this about me oh yeah i mean there is not a single fishing mini game no. That I enjoy. I will never uh complete some of the uh things what what are they called? Like some of the packs in uh Stardew Valley mm. because I hate fish? I hate the fishing game in that. I feel like uh Stardew Valley was one place where I was okay with the fishing. Um, but like any Zelda game, get that fishing out of here. Oh my gosh, the beginning of Twilight Princess. <gasps> I don't want to have to fish. I don't want it. There's a part in Ocarina of Time where there's just like a fishing hole. And I'm like, why would I ever want to spend time here? <laughs> it's so boring. <sighs> Speaking of fish. All right. Publisher Chucklefish recently did a Q&A with the Reset Era community. And one of the things they were asked about was the pocket rumble delays. Very interesting. Let's hear more. So Chucklefish's technical director director rodrigo uh montero sure answered quote our commitment is to release a high quality version of the game so it has been delayed until it reaches the bar high bar of quality that we expect of this release but stay tuned and hopefully you'll get some news on that front soon exclamation mark end quote i'm dubious hopefully you'll get some news on that front soon exclamation mark uh I mean, if that exclamation mark was a question mark, it, he could have been the person who prompted hit that answer, right? <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get some news on that front soon. I mean, we are 
perilously close to the one-year anniversary of this game <laughs> supposed to be released, right? It, uh, it was supposed to be out in March, right? I believe so. Late March late, 2017. Late March, right. Uh, which means we're also getting... We're getting very close to the one-year anniversary of the Switch. We are getting very close. Uh, Less it, than a month away. Yeah. When we're ranking the Ocarina of Time dungeons will be a day before. So we timed that well. <laughs> a good Switch anniversary show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that game was supposed to be out by the end of March. So yeah, we're like 11 months delayed at this point. No, it's out on other platforms, right? Like I, it's believe, been on that's, Steam I believe that's for correct, a while. Yeah. But maybe not consoles. I haven't heard of it coming to um, uh, other consoles, which is how I want to play a fighting game. Um, man, I, I wonder what the... Hold up. It's got to be, like, network-related, right? I would think so, yeah. Um, I guess nothing else is running on uh, GGPO, um, which is a, a fighting game, like, hosting client that, like, uses predictive technology to eliminate lag. Um, so, like, it predicts how you're going to respond to what someone else is doing and actually starts to deliver that input to the other player before you do it. That's cool. Um, and so when you actually perform the action that it knows you're going to because it's smart. Machine learning. Machine learns. Um, then it appears as though it like then it catches up and there's no lag. Um, and, you know, in fighting in the world of fighting games, that lack of lag is absolutely crucial. So maybe maybe that's what this is. Yeah. Uh, finally, there are no updates on the Billy Mitchell Donkey Kong Records controversy this week. What? Uh, we, I'm telling you that there's no updates because I know mm. that mm. ever since we've been covering the story, you, dear l- listener, mm-hmm. have been coming to this show ex- to get the latest hot goss. Yeah. I mean, you want to know what's happening next. Is, uh, Billy Mitchell going to give up his crown? Yeah. Do we got to call up Steve Weeby? To get in there and challenge him. I don't even know if we'd be still playing. That, that's the, the other guy from King of Kong. <laughs> uh, or, you know, maybe we need to... Here's what needs to happen. Insert you, ourselves into the story? I think you're right. <laughs> or I was going to say hire a reporter. <laughs> but no, we need to insert ourselves into the story. Which one of us do you think should be going up against Billy Mitchell's record? Mark, who shares the same last name. Uh-huh. But doesn't play Donkey Kong. Nope. Or me... Different last name, mm-hmm. much more skilled Donkey Kong player. But still pretty bad at Donkey Kong, <laughs> all things told. So you can, uh, you know, we'll say tweet at us and say which of us you, you would want to be... Uh, Beat up by Billy Mitchell. <laughs> That's right. You think he would fight us? I don't know that he would fight us. Mm. I think we would annoy him to the point that he would beat us up. Or have, like, one of his hot sauce goons do it. Probably a hot sauce goons. Uh, if, uh, and by the way, our fans now are hot sauce goons. <laughs> that's, that's how we're identifying you, at least till the end of this episode. Uh, we do not condone any acts of violence against Billy Mitchell. No. Don't beat up anyone for cheating. Uh, or not cheating. Or we don't even cheating. know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. All right. I think we've slandered a maybe good man's name enough. Um, Mark, let's move out of the news. All right, that's going to that's gonna do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And collectively, we are at NinCart Society. And you can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, and if you have any other thoughts for us, 
always email us nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com if you like mark mind's opinions we write about comic books on retconpunch.com olivia duncan made our logo our theme music is provided by ape at betty you can find more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening up right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller is saying, don't besmirch Billy Mitchell's possibly good name. And thanks for listening. Campfire.